0: Well, hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Blue Collar Narrative. You've got Brian Furness, Greg Johnson, and Matt Totten here in studio. How
1: are you guys doing? How's
2: everybody today?
0: On the phone tonight, we have Matt Desmond with AgTech. How are you, sir? Good, thank you. Hey, thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate your time. Pleasure to have you on.
3: Uh, No problem at all. Great to be here.
0: Yeah. So my first question for you and for the audience's sake is can you give us an idea of what AgTech is and what it is you do?
3: Yeah, sure. We're a software provider and we make software for uh really the heavy construction industry. Um we call we our tagline of the company is dirt simple solutions and we make everything around dirt easy. Uh is what we try and do at least. We try and make uh the the calculation of how to win a new project are simple. So construction companies don't have as much exposure and as much risk.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And
3: then we help construction companies try and get the work done efficiently. So you know, help, help us contractors win more work and get it done effectively.
1: That's pretty neat. Wow. That's awesome. I
3: didn't even know that something like that existed.
1: Now, how long have you guys uh, been in business?
3: Uh, we've been around a long time. So, uh, <laughs> Last year I think was our fortieth year.
1: Oh wow. Uh, oh maybe forty
3: wow. first. So um we were into software before you know that was mainstream.
1: I, yeah, I was, uh, I was gonna say gonna that's all forty years and it took me forty years to hear about you, but this is awesome.
2: <laughs> it took me forty yeah, years right. to figure and out how to turn on a computer.
3: And <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, we're based out of California. Uh, we're in, we're near Silicon Valley, but we were in a, in the area before Silicon Valley existed.
0: <laughs> so you Perfect. guys really just kind of established yourself exactly where you needed to be for what you're doing, well ahead of anybody else.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, they they invented the computer yeah, yeah. and then figured it out from yeah. the, the crystal
3: ball. Where do I gotta
1: be? Yeah. Uh-
3: I'm sure it didn't hurt being here with some of the things that were going on in yeah, terms right. of access to computers and things and ideas, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, we've been been around for a long time.
0: Very cool. And so what kind of, when you say software solutions, really for, for people who are not familiar with the dirt industry, what specifically are you guys doing with your software? How is that helping the guys in the field?
3: So really to understand a construction job, um, you need to be able to quantify all of the lengths, area counts, and volume of everything that you're going to build. So, the length of curb that you're going to lay, the number of light fittings you need to install, um, the area of topsoil you need to respread, and say the volume of dirt that you need to move. Without having a good understanding of all of those unit quantities, it's very hard to price a job.
1: Sure. And
3: yeah. so, what we do is really quantify. All of the unit quantities that are required, Mm -hmm. and then track that um, production of unit quantities as it goes in the ground.
2: Wow! So it's it's actually real time, or how are you guys doing this? Just curious.
3: Yeah. So that's a good point. Today, I would say our industry is still fairly backward in adopting technology. Yes.
0: Yes. The the dinosaurs. Yes.
3: When a contractor has to bid a new job, they'll often be handed a set of plans or blueprints that says build this, yep. which will be completed by a designer somehow electronically in some sort of a CAD system. But the poor old contractor has to go back and reverse engineer how much that's going to cost. Yes. So we'll take the, those blueprints. Yeah. Um, they're generally now saved as a PDF, and we can extract all of that line work and reverse engineer that very quickly back into a 3D model. Wow. And from that, we can do all of the quantification of the the unit quantities. The contractor puts in a bid. Hopefully, they're successful. They understand the risk. They don't lose their shirt. And then we start tracking against that bid. So the bid creates the scorecard, really. So without a scorecard, you don't really know how you're measuring against. And then yeah. you can use some cool stuff like drones and things to, to actually view the progress as you're going along, we also make models that go into machine control systems to help sort of automatically drive the the machines themselves. And so that sort of comes off the same model that, that's used to do the bid.
1: I want to go hang out with them for a week. So, yeah. yeah. It's cool stuff. This is sweet. Yeah. This so, is
3: probably some of the most interesting so stuff.
2: I, wanted, I have so many questions right it now. <laughs> it is. And so
0: I want to back up at a, at an even higher level. And and for the audience, the way the dirt industry used to work, and still a lot of it does, is when you go out on a job site, like he was saying, you have to figure out how much material you're going to move. Because if I don't know how much dirt I'm going to move, how am I going to know how much to charge? And so the way you would traditionally do that is either you yourself will go out there with a laser and a grade rod and you would take a bunch of measurements and then you would come back and you would do a bunch of calculations on paper and that give you a pretty good idea. Or you would Mm -hmm. hire a surveying firm and they would go out and they would do really accurate surveys and again, they come back, they do a bunch of calculations and then you've got a much better idea, but it's still, then I have to take that information, whether the surveyor did it or I did it, I have to put it into either a, and this is assuming I'm a little techie. Yeah. Put yeah. it into a spreadsheet. No way you're going on grid paper. Oh, well, I can tell you right now, Mr. Rick Valco, <laughs> who is normally on this show, absolutely. It's on the magic marker uses, board. right There. He's got. Go he's, look at he's my desk. It's a train paper. wreck. A paper. Yeah, paper. Train wreck. <laughs> and so you do all of your calculations for for all the things Matt said. It's not just the dirt. It's also yep. how much pipe, how many fittings, how many yep. fixtures, how many this, that, this, that. And so at the end... All the way down to the bushes. You come up with a big number all the way down to the bushes and trees. Yep. You come up with a big number and that takes you forever on a large-scale project. Versus Matt's system, you plug in your electronic blueprints and it does all of that with a couple clicks. Like, that's the power that software is bringing to the dirt industry. That's why this is so revolutionary. So
2: I guess my next question is, is, you know... What does this do for the industry as far as you know is is this giving you the ability to you know keep a much accurate count on labor a much accurate count on material loss and, you know cuz every every job has material loss and yeah. it, it's a cost that well, can be super it? hard yeah. to calculate so i'm assuming your software can say you know this is where this went or vice versa
3: yes yes and no so we do a lot of that, um, particularly with the unit quantities. We don't track labor rates, but there's other software around that, that yeah. does the labor side of okay. It. okay. and it's, often it's up to the contractor how they use our software. So the best contractors in the industry really create this feedback loop that they start with the takeoff, understand the unit quantities, measure or build a model to, to place it accurately, mm-hmm. and then create a feedback loop that says, you know, on this job, I wasn't as efficient as I thought I was going to be, so I lost money. Or I was yeah. a lot more efficient in this particular area, so I can charge less in that area next time to become more um, uh, more competitive in in the bid. Um, so really, we try and help contractors become more competitive, understand their
1: historical data with
3: yeah, and with a lot less risk. Yeah, yeah, and so a lot of it's about mitigating your exposure because. Heavy construction is notorious for uh, lots of contractors put everything on the line every time they go out to win a win a bid. You know the bid oh, might yeah. be worth a million dollars, but if you overrun by ten percent, <laughs> your hands in your pocket for a hundred thousand. Yep. And if you underrun, yeah, everyone's having pizza for dinner.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or
3: maybe caviar, <laughs> <You're> right? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, drones are a relatively new uh, endeavor that you guys have jumped into. That the industry is really jumping into. What has that been able to do for you guys?
3: It, it just makes that data collection that you spoke about on the front end really easy, but you also get a lot more information. So if you have your laser and your grade rod or a total station or GPS receiver, you might walk around the site and if you're lucky, pick up a, a, a data point every 10 feet, maybe every 30 feet, maybe every sure. 50 feet. And now, um, with a drone, you press a button, it goes up, it flies by itself, it comes back down, and the whole area, it's mapped every single point on that space. You get basically one data point every inch, wow. and it's super accurate. Each yeah. point is within about, an, about a golf ball size accuracy. Wow. Uh, so then you, just know, you know your starting conditions that much more accurately that that, again, minimizes the risk. Um, and they were super easy to use, and they're actually the price of them is insanely affordable for the, the benefit that it, it gives the contractor. Uh, agreed. I now, do this is
1: something to... you'll put up in there every day, you know, seeing what your progress is. So, in that drone, will take data back to your computer, or am I overthinking this?
3: No, no, you're 100% right. I would love to see contractors do it every day or yeah. at least every week. Yeah. Um, It does take some time to process that data so once you get if you've got a hundred acre site Mm -hmm. um you'll have to just put it on your computer and then your computer thinks (laughs) and it does a whole lot of processing it might take five to six hours depending on the speed of your processing computer to get you a final result but then it will have all of that data um it it takes the top of the ground so camera can see what it can see yep and, and in construction we want to get down to bare ground so you need to remove the bulldozer you need to remove the excavator the site shed the pipe that's laying around um so there's some processing revol- involved in getting rid of that mm-hmm. we're just about to launch a product next week at con expo that's based on artificial intelligence that automatically does all that cleaning up for you which is really cool oh wow um but then you get to bare ground then you can do a really fast comparison of of the existing conditions versus my flight tells me how much I've moved. But if you compare the existing, the, the flight that you've just done to the final surface that you're working towards the design or the subgrade, you can also figure out how much I've got left to go. Yep. So you have these iterations, um, which makes the whole control process of construction, very cool. Uh, a lot more tangible, um, so, so yeah, we get to play with some really fun tools. Yeah, yeah you say. guys have
0: some really cool <laughs> toys. So so kind of moving over into the vein of of what this podcast is really about, can you tell us what your specific role in the company is, uh, and kind of what a day in the life looks like for you?
3: So I'm the president of the company. Um, I'm also like the janitor, so I deal with everything. That, sure. I love that, that uh,
2: you get to be a counselor too.
3: <laughs> yes, yeah, quite often. Yeah, yeah whatever you. it, yeah, take. whatever I, it I takes to make so the world go round. You're basically a business owner, yeah, yeah,
0: absolutely.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: that's right. I open the doors, I close the lock up at night. <laughs> yeah, um, I clean the toilet if it needs to be cleaned. But there you go. Um, I come from a technical background, I was a surveyor or a grade checker um, by industry trade. Um, and now i deal on the sales side with you know putting together what our presentations are like how we pitch our product um what the message we want to tell the customers i mean we can do so much but we can only tell people so much about it at a time so we figure out what what our cust- what we hope our customers problems are cuz really what we're trying to solve is customers problems if we can do that they're going to buy a system from us or buy more yeah and keep coming back and we've got really long standing customers in that regard so, really, I listen to customers, listen to what their problems are, and try and find new ways of solving them by leveraging technology. So, really, what we try and do is democratize technology for somebody that doesn't have to be a specialist. So, we'd say that our products are designed specifically for a generalist. So, somebody that doesn't necessarily have a college degree mm-hmm. can pick up our products and make really sensible decisions. Um, to drive their construction business. That's amazing. So so I work in R&D, work in sales, work in support. um, Yeah, work in HR, doing counselling.
1: Yeah,
0: whatever whatever the day
1: calls for. <laughs> so he's the only yeah. employer of the company. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I do it all. No.
3: What kind of? No, he's of, the one that keeps the wheels. On. Yes.
0: So for someone wanting
3: uh, to, I have a fantastic team, and 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 hopefully they do most of the work. I just have to pick up the pieces. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's
0: right. Are they are they allowed to listen to this podcast and then call in and critique on on how <laughs> yeah, much?
3: <right. laughs> I, I tell you, they do the bulk of the work. Yeah.
0: So. Someone let's kind of back up in your career. You started in the surveying side for someone who might be interested in getting into surveying. What, what was that like? What kind of co- education was required? Do you need college for that? What, what can you expect to make? What, what is that life like?
3: Yeah. You, you don't need college to be a surveyor. It depends on what type of survey yeah. you are. Um, I went to college. Um, my father was a carpenter. Uh, I told him that I wanted to drop out of school when I was 16 and be a carpenter. Uh, and he, supported me in that decision but said i run a a stair making business but you're not working for me as an apprentice so you go and find your own apprenticeship and if you're if you've got enough um drive to do that then after you finish you can come back and run the business yeah uh I was too lazy. So I finished school and then ended up. Going, so that's that's why he wanted serious. you to go work for someone else?
1: That's the best answer uh, he ever.
3: He didn't tell me that at the time, but I think that that was <laughs> he, already, he already knew. He
1: already knew. Yes.
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. He already knew. Um, so I went to college for that, but there's lots, there's lots of jobs within the surveying industry where you don't need college education. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of layout um, and grade checking that can be done. Um, in both heavy construction and vertical construction um i'd say it's a great place to get into the business you get to use some pretty cool tech like drones these days or GPS receivers or total stations yeah to basically lay out and i paid my way through college without a degree laying out foundations for buildings and setting out excavations on, on construction sites uh, really to show where the, the, the building's going to be or whatever construction yep. thing is you're trying to do. Interesting. Um, I'd say in that, as the, the advice that I'd have, if you go into that area, listen to the guys that are doing the building and, and set things out or lay things out, how, how they're going to build it, and you'll learn a lot about the general process of trades, how lots of different trades work um, <clears throat> and what they need to be efficient. Um, and not everything needs to be laid out you know to a thousandth yeah you listen to how the guy's gonna build it, and then you lay it out based on the most efficient way to do the correct,
0: sure, so what um, kind of earning potential is there in just as as kind of a surveyor? do you have a feel for roughly what you can make just as a surveyor?
3: um I've been out of it a long time and in various different countries, but I'd say here um a surveyor would probably be making somewhere between, I'd say, uh, straight off the bat, probably 50K, you know, up to 150 or 200, yeah. even for someone that's licensed and registered. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, and that's in California, right?
0: That's a yes.
2: So that's like $20 in <laughs> yeah. a yeah. I was yeah. going to say, you can almost <laughs> buy eggs. Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah. It's, I
3: mean, it can be a very good profession. Well, yeah. end. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's no doubt about that. And even at the entry level, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a great profession to, to, yeah. And you get to get out. You get to, you're outside. Your hands, yeah. You're outside for good and for bad. Yeah. I was going to uh, say. That's what I, I told my careers teacher when after <clears throat> I decided I was too lazy to go and get a track, get an apprenticeship, I told him I was good at math and I wanted to be outside. And uh, there you go. She said, well, you want to be a surveyor.
0: Yeah. So, Moving over now into kind of the digital space you find yourself in now, uh, what kind of opportunities do you have on that side of the industry for kids who aren't necessarily wanting to go down the college path? What what sort of jobs are out there? Because this is this is such a new field. I know that a lot of these positions yeah, are being technology created in is real taking time. over the world.
2: Oh, yeah, I mean, there's got to be the, oh technicians and sales, and all oh, I mean, all kinds of different yeah, positions. Yeah,
3: that's right. So so in terms of our users. Um, their uh, the entry level job would sort of be a takeoff technician. Okay, somebody that's figuring out all of those lengths, areas, and counts mm-hmm. required. Um, and then that goes up into an estimator, which is really the person who puts the the price to the unit quantity. Okay. Um, so the the takeoff tech on a big company would owe you what all of those unit quantities are. The estimator would be the one that really puts his, you know, name on the line that says, you know, it's going to cost me a a million dollars or in a big project, a billion dollars. So you can imagine the companies like a Skanska or a Kiwi, all those sort of companies, somebody's telling them that this major interstate is going to cost $1.6 billion to construct. That that guy's an estimator. And he's using our software. It's not just for little guys. Been part of that team. Um, (laughs) It's a little scary. you You start that process as a, as a takeoff tech and yep. you go all the way up, but you have to understand how the things are built. You have to understand construction along the way yep. and you get to see all the little pieces, pieces in it. So, you know, again, I, I'd say that those guys are probably starting at 40 or 50 K depending on where you are in the country. And you can imagine what, I don't know. You can imagine what somebody is paid that
1: if is you're good
3: putting together a, yeah. a billion dollar bid, They'd want to be getting paid more than I am.
2: <laughs> so You may what, want to be getting paid there, 30% of that. <laughs> what I heard there is is your ideal person that works for you understands the construction industry. So that maybe they were in the construction I can't talk today. Construction, construction industry. Construction industry. industry. I got you. <laughs> and, uh, and they decided <laughs> yeah. that they didn't like the weather and they wanted to get more in on the techie side. He would be a valuable a place person to you because he already That's understands wrong. the nuts and bolts of it. So that guy's got a leg yep. up on anybody else who mm. wants to move in where it's 70 and fluorescent, work in an office, and do takeoffs. Yep.
3: Exactly. So um, they're the guys that we like for nearly all of our roles, except for our uh, R&D, our research and development. I mean, we're yeah. a software company, so we've got software developers. that That's a fairly specific skill. Yeah, sure. Um, but all of our sales... Um, roles, all of our support roles, all of our training roles, um, all revolve around having an understanding of the industry and we'll typically teach the, teach the, the rest the, of it, um, the rest of it. Yeah.
1: yeah
2: Cause the, the construction is actually the essential tool and the rest of it, the technical part is, is teachable.
0: So yeah. if, if you start yeah. at the bottom, are any of those positions in your mind really, Do you need the college education to succeed in those areas? Or is it something that if you're starting at the bottom or you have some construction experience, you can work your way up without necessarily having to go get that degree?
3: I'd say most, so on both sides, in our organization, I'd say apart from our software development group, most people don't have a a college degree. Or if they do, it's certainly not in anything related to what what they do today.
1: Yeah, sure, Um, sure.
3: It's
1: funny how that uh, works. I think
3: being working on a construction site is probably more valuable than any of of those degrees. Interesting. Um, And and on the estimating side, most most people that I find that work in estimating um, typically come from the field. There's a lot of foremen and superintendents and machine operators that really understand how construction is done that are, are really effective in that role.
0: That, that's that been my experience coming from the dirt side of it as well, is most of the people who are in estimating roles do not have a formal education in estimating. It is, it is literally, they've been in the business, they understand how it works, they're decent with numbers, and someone you know, yep. hires them on and then, gets but then them the practicality of what
1: they're actually ordering, what they're looking into, digesting the whole yep. project oh, or dissecting the whole project. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah.
3: Uh, but yep. that's that's and something. Say, Go ahead. T- typically, one of the skills that's good, a, a good sort of baseline, uh, and what we try and uh, we put all of our employees through, is being able to think in three dimensions. Yes. And so, um, you have to be able to read a set of plans and figure out what is presented to you in 2D, how that would look in the real world, because it's shown in plan and profile view. Yeah. You have to be able to transition that. And so we do a, a pretty simple test where you'll see a circle and a little dot on the top, and then you'll see a, a, like what looks like a, a can of soup. And if you look at those two views, the actual end product would be more like a cone. hmm uh, Can you take those two views and make it look like a cone, or is that completely foreign to you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but that transition from two D to three D, like three lines on a on a plan that looks like a curve when you look at it sideways, and you go outside and look at a curve. It sounds so like you're you're your me
1: explaining this to my customer last week <laughs> of what their their house is going to look like when I'm done with it. It's a cone. <laughs> But it's got a square beside it. But I'm not understanding. Well, this <laughs> yeah. is a front view. <laughs> well, I don't see everything. Yeah, no. Most well, understandable.
0: Let me ask you this. In the playing dir-
3: computer games helps. Yeah, well, right? <laughs> that's true. That's true.
1: So
0: in, in the dirt world, and really all of the trades, we are struggling to find people right now. It, because you guys are kind of this weird anomaly where you're in the dirt world, but you're also a software company. Are you guys struggling to find people in your area of the industry as well?
3: Yes. Yep. So, this I'd is a very really, in demand position. Yeah. Yeah. We really struggle, and the industry really struggles as a whole to find um, estimating and takeoff.
2: Yeah. It's not like really if it's, you
3: type that in or you type in ag tech into a job search, mm-hmm. you won't necessarily find a lot of jobs at ag tech, but you'll find a lot of people looking for people that, that use our technology.
1: Sure. Like, that, if I
3: typed it into, to, to seek today, I'm sure there'd be a hundred open positions across the state. Wow. Yeah.
0: Interesting. So someone that's, that's doing this kind of work, what would you say their day to day looks like as far as office versus in the field? And, and, and how does that change across those varying positions?
3: Yeah. Um, it depends on the, very much depends on the company. Some companies have offices where the, the person is basically, looking at plans all day long and doesn't go out particularly often. Um, Certainly once you get at a certain point in the estimate, you want to see that site. Somebody in the company wants to go out and do a visual inspection. We also have mobile apps to help customers do job walks and take photos and validate that their cut feels are right uh, on on their mobile devices. Mm -hmm. Um, The estimator for sure is going to want to be going out to do some of those roles. What we also find is, Probably some of the more successful or the most successful companies rotate their staff through, and the the estimator or the takeoff guy that bid the job then has to project manage the job. So if he gets it wrong, he's it's on him. To it yeah, yeah, it's on, on, on him. Interesting. Um, so it really depends on the company because you might end up being half estimator, half project manager, and really driving the 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 schedule uh, on site.
0: So, if someone wanted to get into that that kind of estimator or project manager role uh, that didn't come up through a traditional construction background, what would you say is probably the best path for them?
3: Um, to understand if it looks interesting uh, the, the very first thing I'd do is probably go to our website and watch a couple of videos, yeah and uh, webinars. We do a webinar once every six weeks and, and it sort of goes through the button clicking of what would be required to do the job.
2: It just kinda dawned on me. It it
3: just kinda
2: dawned, ju- kind of dawned on me that you are not actually a company that would be looking to get an old retired operator because that old retired operator has usually very, very minimal- really useful
0: life. Well, no,
2: (laughs) their technology skills, at least all the old operators I know, they can barely work a smartphone. So this is a brand new industry for young people getting into the dirt world or have been in the dirt Uh, world for a little bit of time and have the good knowledge, but they still know how to use a computer.
3: That is an interesting perspective. Which I wouldn't say is necessarily correct. I think for the industry as a whole, technology like we're talking about, the industry is very good at creating technology and promoting technology, and you'll often hear it, built by engineers for engineers, or built by surveyors for surveyors. Mm -hmm. The reason our technology adoption is so low in the industry is because the barrier to actually use it is way too difficult. And our philosophy, at at least at AgTech, our tagline is Dirt Simple Solution, it's making the solutions easy enough that, you know, old Joe that's been 60 years old, just Mm -hmm. coming from the field, he can use our technology and leverage the knowledge that he has.
1: Love it. Gotcha.
3: And I think that that's where our industry has missed for a long time is in not creating technology that for works. the generalist and yes. trying to create technology for the specialist.
0: Yeah, interesting. But
3: at the same time, guys that know how to play young computer games and want to you know, fly drones and all of those sort of cool things, we want in the industry and we want to leverage that cool element to bring people to the industry because yeah. Yeah. it's a great industry right. to be in.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
2: So, so I guess there is a spot for everyone. Even you, Greg. Well, I mean, you're getting up there. <laughs> I'm not that old yet. Come yeah. on,
0: I am the oldest one in the room. We're but I'm taking them out old. back after the podcast and putting them <laughs> <Old> down. <DL-y. laughs> so, uh, well, so
3: I go mean, ahead. we've got guys that that are in our team that are in their seventies. Um, well, wow,
2: that's awesome um, to
3: and hear. They're honestly, capable of using our software.
1: Wow, and we've that's got guys awesome,
3: that are cool. fresh out of college. Yeah. So there's no, we, I don't see age as a barrier, really.
2: I just know the dirt world, and usually those old guys push back pretty hard on anything that has to do anything with technology, even a backup cam. They're like, I don't need that.
0: Yeah,
3: <laughs> that's way too. <laughs> yeah. I've been
0: looking over my shoulder for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I struggle with backup
2: cams. Yeah,
3: but but you put them into a machine that has you know a backup cam or machine control. And they start using it, and you don't tell them. You try and take them out of that machine. They don't want to get. They don't want to give it back. The sun to keep it. The, yep. the <laughs> they you, won't use it. They'll tell you they're not using it, but they won't give it back either. I um, my, was about to say, would you uncle, say they
0: fuss about as much as they did when you made them get in it to begin with? Yeah,
3: <laughs> right. End, yeah. My
1: uncle used to complain about you know all these guys with combines with AC and heat and blah and windshields and wipers, and then uh, all of a sudden my cousin's got this brand new combine. They put him in it for like three seconds. He has not got off in ten, you know, ten years. He's no. like, "This is the greatest thing <laughs> ever!" Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> and now they have auto steers. Yeah, oh yeah, you just
1: sit in it. Technology,
0: when it comes to the trades, technology is one of those things you didn't realize what you are missing until you, you use it for it. the first time, and then you go, "Wow, this is incredible!"
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yep. And I still think, but then in construction, a, a guy will use something like that. And he'll keep using the same version of it for the next ten or fifteen years, and don't realize that there's any evolution over the next the last ten or fifteen years. <laughs>
0: oh, sure, we've still got so- guys that are running the the, <laughs> the original Trimble system out there, and you're going, dude, they're fifteen generations past where this stuff yeah. is.
2: I I instantly defaulted to-, to the old Makita drill where the bottom. There's just people still out there rocking those. Absolutely, it's like, you know they make cooler stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, in our industry. I said at the start, we take the PDFs in and we vectorize the data, and all of a sudden you can see all of the lines electronically. <laughs> yep. Originally, or a long time ago, you had to digitize all of that. So you you tape the plans down on board, you had to digitize, and you click on every vertice, on every point. There's still people running those systems, plenty of them too, that haven't realized that I could save far more than it costs to update my software in snapping my fingers and not digitizing anymore. I've
0: I've used a piece of software where you had to manually on the computer draw out all of your lines and it is brutal. It it was so unbelievably painful. I would I dream about software like yours. <laughs> <laughs> so any any other thoughts you'd like to add on on kind of your side of the industry. It's it's pretty unique that we get someone on that's not Directly in the trades, but is is kind of in one of these these kind of surrounding, but so
1: surrounded, in yeah.
0: That's that's very integrated. Anything else you can think to, that that would be helpful for kids to to hear about that might be thinking about getting into more of the office side of the industry versus being out in the
3: field? I, I just think I'd say that the that the trades in general and construction, no matter what sort of construction is there's really a lot of opportunity Mm -hmm. um, and there is a lot of technology um, that's going to be increasingly used and it's a a really really good time to get in Um, but there's going to be a revolution in in really um, how construction projects are run and managed and there's a really big opportunity to be you know, on the forefront of that yeah. and using cool, t- cool technology. So it shouldn't be thought of as just a dirty, dusty industry. It, it's something where it's really on the cutting edge. I mean, when you start talking about driving machines and the machine control systems on them, <laughs> it's, it's on the forefront of autonomy. Yep. Yes. So yes. things are driving by themselves. So they need a plan. They need some mission control to tell them where to go. They don't just, it's not completely going to do it by itself. So, that's, it, um, it's, so, yeah, I'd just say get into it.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's interesting that you say that. I, I ran a dozer here about three months ago that, for the first time in my life, made my jaw drop to the floor with its capabilities. Uh, the, the new Komatsu P71X, and it's the intelligent machine. I get in this thing, and they said, you know, you, you've got your traditional automation. And I went, yep, that's Come fine. On, I'm Mr. familiar Fruis. with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was, you get in this thing, and he goes, this thing can actually slot those on its own. And I said, what? No. He goes, yeah. He goes, it'll absolutely slot those. He goes, here's how you set it up. He shows me how to set it up. He goes, all right, you're going to go to town and this thing is going to regulate when it loads the blade up and then it just go pull it level and it's going to maintain wow. that. And sure enough, that dozer not only did that, but but what really hurts my pride a little bit is even, even as a seasoned operator, I could tell you within five minutes, that thing was probably going to be more productive than I was because I'm reading the machine kind of uh, you as a as an operator you're reacting to the machine but the machine knows exactly where it's at yeah, because so the it's... computer is instantaneously monitoring all of this and so there mm. is no track slippage when the machine's doing it because it knows exactly what it needs to raise the blade versus me as an operator mm. I'm reading the machine and so over the course of the day 100% that machine was going to be more productive with me letting wow. it regulate the 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 blade control and I was just steering like that's where we're at in the construction industry, and I just went, "It's happening. It is happening." That's so wild. It's crazy. So, well, Matt, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. This that's has been, been really pleasure. informative, and and like I said, this is this is a big step out of what we normally do because you're not out in the field. You're you're kind of one of these supporting industries, and this has been a really unique perspective.
3: Glad to have the chat, and hopefully we can continue to get more people into the industry.
0: Absolutely, one hundred percent. So thank you guys, as always, for listening. We appreciate the support. And uh, we'll catch you guys next week on the Blue Collar Narrative.
1: See you later. See ya.